All right, so we read uh, we read John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse, we started reading from verse 22. And I was explaining that Jesus um, just had performed the miracle for them in the previous verses. And um, they came back to look for him because, of course, they wanted to keep their stomachs. And, and that's where that's where we stop. So I want us to continue our reading. We're reading John chapter 6, verse 20. We started from verse 22. Currently, we are in verse 20, um, verse 26. Okay? So Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you do not seek me because, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Then Jesus went on to give a counsel that I want all of us to really pay attention to today. He says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. So Jesus is saying, don't um, struggle for the meat you that perishes. Basically, don't study for, don't struggle for the food that finishes, but struggle for the word which translates into eternal life. And verse 28, sorry, verse, still verse 27. But um, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said there unto him, What shall we do that we might do the works of God? Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he had sent. All right? And then verse 30, they said unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may believe and we may see and believe you? What do what does thou work? Now, I need to explain something here and understand why the Jews are asking for a sign. Because typically... Um, Based on the history that the Jews have had with God, right? They've had a very, a very miraculous history with God. So they've experienced miracles upon miracles, right? From when the nation um, of Israel came out of Egypt, and up through to their, up, all through their journey onto onto the um, Canaan land, they've always experienced miracles. And so for them, a miracle is a confirmation, is a sign, okay, that um, God is with you, is a validation of the presence of God. Uh, so they were asking Jesus, okay, so tell us what, what sign will you give us? What miracle will you give us? And then Jesus went on to explain in verse, um, let me read verse 30 again. They said unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may believe thee? And what, do, what does thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. So they were telling Jesus that our fathers ate, ate manna in the desert, in the desert. And that was a sign that uh, Moses was a prophet. or so that was a sign that God was with them. Right, and then verse 32, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So Jesus was explaining to them that actually it wasn't it wasn't Moses that gave you that bread in your father's head. It was actually my father in heaven that supplied that bread. However, the real bread that, that God gives is the one who comes down from heaven. So what Jesus was saying is, the bread you guys, your fathers ate in the wilderness was, um, wasn't a real deal. The real deal is a person. The real deal is not just a thing. That is a bread. But the real deal is actually a personality that the Father sends from heaven. And then verse 33, that says, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven 
and gives life unto the whole world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And now this is where our Bible study really begins. And Jesus said unto them in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. All right? So I want us to take a pause in our reading here. We're going to come back to this, to this um, scripture. I want us to take a pause in our reading, and I want us to, to discuss. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, what does he mean? Um, from your understanding, what does he mean? And what, I mean, what do you even think he, he was referring to? Or what's, what does that statement mean to you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm asking us a question. It's up to us now. When Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life, what's, what comes to your mind when you think of bread of life? Like I said last week, are you thinking of Agigi bread? Or are you thinking of, just say what's going through your mind when you, when you hear, I am the bread of life? All right, anyone can share their thoughts. What does it mean? Uh, what does bread of life mean? Hello. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Praise God. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so um, when when Jesus said he is the bread of life, mm -hmm. what comes to mind? Um, I, I know, you know, bread, bread now is used for food. I understand that bread now in the scripture is not just bread as bread in its name, but bread means food. That's what I understand. So, um, when he said, I'm the bread of life, I feel he's saying that I'm your daily source of sustenance or I'm your daily, um, sustenance or I'm your, 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 your only source of reliability where it's me you can trust for every day mm. that's um that's what I understand so it's it's me you need for every day i'm your you know as food sustains one mm -hmm. the function of food is to sustain one the function of food is to one going to give you energy and all of that so if you need energy if you need to move on if you need um you know they say like imagine yourself going through a day without eating how weak you will be and all of that so just so saying i'm your source i'm your mm. source i'm the one that you can count on to sustain yes that's, that's what i understand okay awesome very powerful very powerful thank you so much esther um and you are already touching on some of the things we'll discuss today but i really like what you said um the comparison with with first of all you mentioned that bread here doesn't only mean doesn't mean um the loaf the baked loaf it generally refers to food right and you've said that just as we we depend on food for our sustenance and we depend on our food or for on food daily to live and to get energy and then jesus christ is saying he's all of that to us very powerful thank you so much so and someone else what does bread of life mean to you when you hear the term bread of life what comes to your hearts what comes to your mind Bread of life. What comes to your mind? Anyone wants to share? Um, sorry, can I take the bread out of context per se? Like put it in another context, like breadwinner. Okay, go ahead. So um what comes to my mind is that um as the bread of life, which I'm basically putting as breadwinner, 
It means um, like he's our provider. He provides for all our needs and every single thing that we need, um, that we need, he provides for every single thing. And um, basically is our source of income and is our provider from that mm. angle. Okay, okay, that's that's an interesting angle. Um, being our source, being our provider, um, what else you mentioned, being our well, provider basically. Thank you, thanks for that. Um, one more person wants to share, go for I continue. What does bread of life mean to you? I mean, you know, the first thing before, before we continue, sometimes we, we are so accustomed to a particular term that we might not really sit down to think about it in literal terms or in practical terms, what it means to us. So yeah, anyone wants to share? I'd like to make an input if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to share. Um, so for me, my understanding um, of bread of life, I believe... Um, we lost you. In, Sorry, can I take that again? We lost you. Bread was perceived as the very moon. Oh. Um, Shubi, can you hear us? We lost you. Oh. Um. Okay, so I guess we'll come back to Chubi. Um, probably internet. Idara, were you trying to say something? Um. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I just wanted to say, um, like you mentioned, bread was a major staple in those days. So I, um, I guess we're just liking this for easy reference um, to the people he was talking to. And for me, it just means that um, for, for basically, Jesus, Jesus was like the survival in it. Them to, for them to, they have to know him and eat him and get close to him, you know, for just the sustenance in life and even eternal life. As ahead. As my mm, okay, thank you. Thanks so much, um, Idara. That's awesome. So Jesus is our sustenance and we need him both for eternal life and also in, um, in this life. Let me just start from, from this point here. Um, in scriptures, ser several things that Jesus said um, had both eternal implication and then the immediate implication. So there was an implication for what, um, there was an implication, there's an implication eternally for what he, he says, and there's also an immediate implication of that. And I like the word he just said, because <clears throat> Jesus Christ is our sustenance right here on the earth, but also, there's also an eternal effect um, on it. All right, um, Chubi, you just go again. You know, we lost you because your network was um, was fluctuating. Can you please repeat what you were sharing? If you can hear me, just let me know. Um, Chubi, are you there? Do you want to go over what he said again? Or do we move on? Uh oh. Okay, I'm not sure. All right, I guess we'll move on then. 
All right. So um, thanks everyone again for your contribution. I, I asked that question so that we would really begin to think of what bread of life means. Um, we have songs about about that, and and we've heard the term generally. But sometimes we just need to really reflect and ask ourselves, what does this? What was Jesus? And, and you know, this is the question. This was the question for me when I studied this. Very simple. Why was Jesus, what was just trying to reveal about himself when he said, "I am the bread of life"? What was in his mind? What was he trying to communicate to the people? Um, what context did he take advantage of to? portray that revelation or to explain that revelation, all right? So this is, um, that's that's one of the things I was asking myself. Now, um, I want us to, let's continue our reading first. We stopped at verse 30. We stopped at verse 35, right? We stopped at verse 35. Um, we're just going to continue reading. I'll read, I'll read quickly. Um, verse from verse 36, John chapter 6, we're in verse 36 now. Let me take this, verse 35 again. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and he that he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I am come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the one that sent me. Verse 39, and this is the will of he which, and this is the Father's will which had sent me, that all of all of which he had given me, um, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that said the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise them up on the last day. Verse 41, the Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father we know, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, um, I come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said unto them, Mama not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me. Um, I want us to skip and go to verse, verse 46. Not that any man had seen the father, save he which is of God, he had seen the father. Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Then he says again, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Then he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man shall eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the whole world. Praise God. Okay, so that's our, our text, right? And I want to say something before we move we dive deep in. Um, you know, when God wants to minister to our needs, and I think I said this last week, that God's ultimate solution to the believer is Jesus. Jesus is the one-size-fits-all solution to every of human's problem. So if you are in need of anything, the way God will answer you is by giving you Jesus. If you are in need of health, he'll give you Jesus. If you are in need of money, he'll give you Jesus. If you are in need of wisdom, he gives you Jesus. If you are in need of, think of anything, anything absolutely that a human being can desire, Jesus is the answer to that, all right? So when we say Jesus is the, when we say Jesus is the answer for the world today, that is actually very correct because he's the ultimate answer. He's the, he's the answer that the, every human being will need at every point of their lives. Now, how that happens is this. 
when a, when a person requires peace, for instance, Jesus personalizes that, that need and becomes the answer to that need. So when a believer requires peace, Jesus becomes peace to the believer. Not only does Jesus give the believer peace, but Jesus himself becomes peace to the believer. When a believer um, want, requires wisdom, Jesus himself becomes wisdom to the believer. If a believer requires direction, Jesus becomes direction to their believer. So everything that a believer requires, right, um, the Bible lets us know that Jesus becomes that same thing. He embodies the personality of that um, reality, and he becomes that thing to the, to the believer. That is how Jesus ministers. That's how Jesus Christ solves all our problems. All our problems are solved by himself. He becomes the answers to whatever challenges we, we are going through, whatever problem it, it, it is. And then as an answer, he ministers himself to us. Praise God. And that to, to show us in that scripture, uh, show us, to explain this rather, um, we, if we read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, just we'll make a detour to that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And I'll just show us this before we continue with our conversation. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 20. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says. No, 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 sorry. Um, first Corinthians, yes, chapter 1. No, no, sorry, verse 20. Um, verse 30, I beg your pardon, not 20. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So verse 30 lets us know that Jesus um, has become for us, has made unto us wisdom, has made unto us righteousness, he has been made unto us sanctification, he has made unto us redemption. And the truth is, this scripture only reveals a, a fraction of what Jesus had made to us. So the list here is not exhaustive. When you read other scriptures, you see that Jesus is our light. You read other scriptures and see that Jesus is our, our salvation. We see that Jesus is our strength. All this scripture reveals to us that every aspect of human need, right, Jesus, now, Jesus becomes the solution to that need. Okay, so I said that to, um, to, to point out something that we would look at. So back to the conversation about the bread of life. And in fact, I feel like you guys have already preached. I mean, I've already summarized what, what I'm about, what I'm about sharing. So, and, and I'm happy about that. So I'll just show us some scripture, some scriptures and verses to flesh out the points we have already brought up. Now, generally speaking, right, um, bread. So first of all, first of all, just like um, Esther had shared, when we say bread here, we are not necessarily referring to the baked loaf. Rather, we are referring to every to food in general. And it's very consistent all through scriptures. When when the Bible refers to bread, um, many times he's not just it's not just referring to um, the actual loaf that is baked, but referring to food in general. And so when Jesus Christ said I'm the bread of life, he wasn't just referring to you know baked loaf. Bread, like um Idara mentioned, bread was a Bread is and was a very staple food. So Jesus Christ used that um, to buttress his point because it was easy for them to understand that. All right. So bread generally refers to food, anything that is consumed for the human need. Okay. Now, 
there are two two main things that food gives to us, right? And this that this scripture captures. Number one is that um, food provides food provides satisfaction, and number two, food provides sustenance. So number one, food provides satisfaction, and then number two, food provides food provides sustenance. And so Jesus Christ was saying, in essence, that I am the bread of life, meaning I am your satisfaction, number one, and then I am your sustenance, number two. And I want us to to look at these two um, two aspects of 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 um, the bread of life, right? And see how Jesus is that to us as believers. So remember that we're doing this so that we can personalize the reality that Jesus Christ revealed, so that we can personalize what Jesus Christ was, was explaining and revealing to us in scripture. So don't forget, number two, two things rather, um, satisfaction and sustenance. So I want us to explore that, all right? So let's start with satisfaction. Someone should read still that same book of um, John chapter 6, verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. Someone should please read for us. John chapter 6, verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. Anyone should please read for us. John 6, verse 35. Yeah. Jesus replied, the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's NLP. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, thank you so much, Idara. So, Jesus Christ um, replied them and said, I am the bread of life. Then he now goes further to explain the implication of that, of this statement. Um, and what he meant, uh, sorry, just, just listen, please. What he meant was that he's the bread of, so bread of life. He, he went further to explain that anyone that comes to him shall never, um, shall never be hungry. Right? Anyone that comes to him shall never be thirsty. Okay, That means that one of the experiences we get when we, come, when we encounter Jesus is satisfaction. For he said, anyone that comes to him will never, be, um, will never be hungry and then will also never be thirsty. Just as in the physical, I mean, in human, in physical food, right? When we eat physical food, we get satisfaction. We are, we are, satisfied in our, in our in our bodies right we are we enjoy one of the things we one of the things we get from eating food is the pleasure the satisfaction from it so jesus is saying that in that regard i am the bread of life that is there's a satisfaction that you did that you derive from my encounter so anybody that encounters god as if I, one of the proofs you know that someone has encountered jesus is that there is a satisfaction he has all right um and that satisfaction cannot come from any other person except from except through Jesus Christ. Okay, now, um, so give me one. Just give me a minute. I want us to read. I want us to read another scripture. Um, so let's read Psalm thirty-four, verse eight. Psalm thirty-four, verse eight. So let's please read for us. I forgot. Anyone there's Psalm 34 verse 74 verse 8. 
Anybody? Yes, please. Give the Lord a chance to show you how good he is. Okay. Great blessings belong to those who depend on him. Mm, what translation is that? Easy to read. Okay. Um, any other translation? Anyone can read it with another translation, please. And James says, Oh, okay. taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. So that's what I was looking for. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I just wanted to, to, to fetch out that phrase. So the Bible is telling us to taste, meaning to, we should basically eat and, and see that the Lord is good. So he's liking our Christian experience to eating, right? And he says that one of the things you do is that when you eat, when you taste, you find out that the Lord is good. And so when Jesus Christ said, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will not hunger anymore, will not thirst anymore. He was, in essence, saying, if you come and partake of my of this experience, of this encounter, there's a level of satisfaction you have that you can never find anywhere else. And it's important as Christians, we know this, that satisfaction can only, only come through Jesus Christ, can only come through knowing Jesus Christ, all right? And this kind of satisfaction, of course, is not referring to a physical satisfaction that we get from eating food or carrying out physical activities. Satisfaction is, a, this satisfaction is spiritual, okay? And now there is a, when I read this verse, there's another verse of scripture that comes to my heart, right? And so let's read that in John chapter 4, verse 14. John chapter 4, verse 14. John chapter 4, verse 14. Remember Jesus Christ here was talking about satisfaction. So I want us to see another encounter another person that encountered the satisfaction of Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 14. Anyone there can read for us? But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, you will never test again and be forever satisfied. But when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. Praise God. All right, thank you. Thanks, Faith. So this was, um, we, we all know the story. This is the story of Jesus and the woman, um, the Samaritan woman by the well. And when, when Jesus Christ met her, he, he said to her that if you know, if you know the, um, if you know who is talking to you, right, you're going to ask her, he's going to give you water. And when you drink of that water, you will never thirst again. And what Jesus Christ was saying is very similar to what where we just read in John chapter 6. That if you read, if you if you partake of this bread of life, you are going to be so satisfied that there's nothing else that you're not going to hunger again at all. And I just want to emphasize this um, to everyone that there is a satisfaction that only Jesus can give. You know, have you ever met someone who is so who is so who is so disturbed? And the person may give you a, a reason why he's disturbed, but when you listen to the reason, you know that I mean this is not. This reason is not deep enough for him to be this disturbed. What he, what is really absent is the presence of Jesus in the person's heart, right? The consciousness of Jesus in the person's heart. And Jesus Christ is saying that, see, I am, I am your satisfaction. When you, when you go through periods of 
of, um, of test. I am the one that satisfies you. There's a spiritual satisfaction that only comes from knowing Jesus. And that satisfaction begins from that satisfaction begins from, from our salvation experience, but it does not end there. Because the um the psalmist said to us that as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for thee. Meaning our souls will always continuously desire um desire of that of that satisfaction. And the way we and just as we receive Jesus in salvation, we continue to feed from him so that we never become thirsty. All right? So Jesus is our satisfaction. And I want us to see something else in that John chapter 6. I want to point our attention to something. John chapter 6, verse 35, where we just read. I'm, going, I'm reading the, uh, what's it called now? The King James Version. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus answered, just said unto them, I am the bread of life, right? Now, you expect that if I am the bread of life, then the next statement that should follow should sound something like, um, come and eat from me and, and you'll be filled and you'll never be hungry again, right? But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Then the next thing he now said is, he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So watch this. Jesus Christ said, I'm the bread of life. The next thing he said wasn't, oh, come and eat and you'll be filled. No, the next thing Jesus said was, if you come to me. So when I saw this, I, I was, I began to question, I began to ask myself, like, what, why did Jesus Christ make that statement? I would have expected him to say, I am the bread of life. Come and eat, right? Um, but he didn't say that. He said, I'm the bread of life. If you come to me, you shall never hunger. And when I read that, the Holy Ghost now reminded me of a scripture in Matthew chapter 11. And I, I want us to see the way this ties into satisfaction. Remember, we're looking at, G, at Jesus, um, we're looking at the bread of life um, from the angle of satisfaction. Okay, we said there are two things that, that food gives us, satisfaction and sustenance. So we're looking at satisfaction. So just like I said, I'm the bread of life. He that comes to me, he that comes to me. And then the Holy Ghost popped up a scripture in my heart. So let's read it. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Please read for us if you are there. Um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Anyone there? Anyone there? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yes, please. Yes, go ahead, please. Okay. Are you weary, carrying a heavy? Then come to me. your oasis. Oasis, rather. Okay. Continue. To verse thirty, to verse thirty. Yeah. Simply, I learn my ways, and you will discover that I am gentle. You will find refreshment and resting that I require of you will be pleasant and easier. Okay. All right. Um. Let me just read the King James version, just for the way it puts it. So verse 28, Jesus Christ starts by saying, 
um, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So just made an invitation here, and he said, come to me. Remember when we read in, when we just read in John chapter 6, he said, I am the bread of life. The next thing he said is that anyone who comes to me will never be hungry uh, again. And then if you come to me, um, if you believe in me, you'll never test again. And then here we see that Jesus is saying, all everyone that is, is um, everyone that labors and is heavy, heavy laden, all you need to do is to come. What this means is our coming to Jesus, um, our coming to Jesus gives us access to the encounter of satisfaction. And satisfaction for a tired person um, is rest. Satisfaction for a, for a hungry person is that he eats food. Satisfaction for a, for, a, for a poor person is that he has money. Satisfaction for a sick person is that he's healed. So satisfaction could come in different ways, could come in um, various forms and sizes and experiences. However, Jesus Christ says, all you need to do is to come. And when you come, the Bible lets us know you will be satisfied. So Jesus is the bread of life. And what one of the interpretation, one of the um, functions of bread is that it gives us satisfaction. One of the functions of food is that it gives us satisfaction. So Jesus is saying, anyone that comes to me. And like I said, this experience starts from being born again, but it doesn't just end there. Every single time that we go through periods of, um, say, periods of drought, all we need to do is to go to Jesus. And what happens is that we, we, we draw satisfaction. We draw um, we draw. We draw satisfaction. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look for another word, but it's not coming. But we draw satisfaction when we come to Jesus, all right? Now, one more scripture I want us to read as regards satisfaction. Just one more scripture before we move on. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read this one. Um, just really quickly, Isaiah chapter 55, 55 verse 1 and 2, okay? So Jesus said, um, sorry, the Bible here says, Ho, everyone that thirsted, come, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. He says, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. He says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? So, um, God here was asking, why do you spend money on what is not bread? Basically, he was saying, why do you spend money on what does not satisfy? Okay? He says, and your labor for that which satisfied not. That means you are spending your the result of your labor. You are spending your money on what does not satisfy. And this this recalls, this makes me remember um, what Jesus Christ said to the, to the people that came to look for him in John chapter 6. Jesus Christ said, you guys are looking for me not because of the miracles, but because you want, because I gave you bread. And he said, don't spend your time and your effort looking for bread that does, uh, that, that perishes, but rather look for bread that leads up to eternal life. And this is what God was saying here, that why do you spend your money on what does not satisfy? And, you know, when it comes to the satisfaction of the human spirit, right, you will agree with me that there's nothing actually that can satisfy a man the way God satisfied a man. So, there's nothing that can fill the void of God in a person's life. There's nothing that can substitute the absence of God in a person's life. Um, think about anything. Um, money cannot substitute that void. Having a big house cannot substitute that void. Having 10 cars or 100 cars or whatever opportunities cannot substitute that void. 
And that's what God here was saying that, why do you spend your money on what is not bread? Why do you spend your money on things that do not satisfy? And, you know, I've learned from experience that even as a believer, there are certain times when your spirit is longing for God. And it is easy for someone to say, you know, let me just watch a movie and, you know, to make me feel good. And you watch a movie and you feel good, but give it, give yourself one hour after, that feeling will still come up again. Or somebody say, oh, well, let me just travel. Let me travel around the world. And person travels around the world, but that void is still there. Or someone else comes and says, well, maybe because I haven't seen a particular person in a long while. And then go and see that person, but that void is still there. Meaning there are times when our spirits really just desire to fellowship with God. And there's really nothing else that will satisfy us aside fellowship with God. All right. And there's no need beating around the bush. We just need to go back to fellowship and, and fellowship with God and draw from that satisfaction that can only be found in God. Okay. So Jesus is our satisfaction. And like I mentioned earlier, the satisfaction here is a, is a spiritual satisfaction. And I wrote here in, in my note that Jesus makes reference to spiritual satisfaction that the human spirit can only receive by coming to Jesus, um, can only receive by um, be believing in Jesus Christ. And the salvation begins, the satisfaction begins at salvation, but continues all throughout the believer's life. Praise God. Okay, so let's move to the, <coughs> to the next thing. Time is fast spent. So we said two things that um, bread provides satisfaction, number one. And then the second thing is that bread provides sustenance. All right. So in the same John chapter 6, I want us to read. I want us to read. Um, what is the verse now? I want us to read verse 48 to 51. John chapter 6, verse 48 to 51. Anyone there can read for us. John chapter 6, verse 48 to 51. All right, please read for us if you are there. Okay, from 48. I am yes. that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give, and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, thank you, Joyce. So we now see a second instance where Jesus made, made the statement saying, I am the bread of life. So the first one we read was, um, was in verse 35 where he said, I am the bread of life. And he says, if you come to me, you will not hunger. If you believe in me, you will not, you will not thirst. Now, Jesus Christ makes the same statement again um, about being the bread of life. But what he now says next is slightly different from what he said the previous time. And I want us to point to look closely at this. So he says in verse 48 that I am the bread of life. He goes on to then say that your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they are all dead. But if you eat this bread of life, you will not die. So Jesus begins to make a, a comparison with the experience that the Israelites had when they received manna from God. And he says, I am just going to say I'm the bread of life, that your, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, but they are dead. But if you eat of this bread, you will not die. What Jesus was saying in essence was, the bread your fathers ate in the wilderness, <clears throat> like I said earlier on, was not the real deal. 
Their fathers ate bread in uh, manna in the wilderness, and yet they still died. Meaning, even though they ate manna, the, the manna was not able to sustain them perpetually. Okay? <clears throat> and then um, um, Jesus now says, if you eat of this bread that I give you, you will not die anymore. Meaning, there's a there's sustenance in this bread I give to you. So, what just Christ was basically saying here is that the second dimension of the bread of life, which I am offering to you, is the dimension of sustenance, where if you partake of this bread, you will be sustained all through your experience. Now, like I said here, what Jesus Christ was revealing to them had two implications. Number one was the eternal implication, meaning if you eat of this bread, you are going to have, you're going to partake of everlasting life. You're going to partake of eternal life and you, you will live with God forever. So that's the eternal dimension. The second dimension is the immediate dimension, meaning if you partake of this bread, there's, an, there's a sustenance dimension that you partake of right here on the earth. Okay, I hope that's clear enough. So there's both the eternal and then there's the um, immediate, immediate um, implication of that, of this truth. So Jesus was saying that if you eat of this bread, there's a, there's a dimension called sustenance that you would begin to partake of. And what I want to focus on is the sustenance dimension here on earth. Of course, like I said, if you partake of this bread, um, you will live. You will live forever. You have the life of God, and you live with God forever, right? Um, that's the eternal dimension. But I want us to focus on what does this mean for us right now on this earth. So when Jesus Christ says, "I am the bread of life," um, how does that translate to us on the earth here? Um, how does that sustain us? <clears throat> how does that sustain us here on earth? So to read to um, address this point. I want us to read, read an ex, the experience of someone who ate bread. Okay, so First Kings chapter nineteen. First Kings chapter nineteen, verse six to eight. First Kings nineteen, verse six to eight. This is the story of um, Elijah. First, First Kings chapter nineteen. Verse 6 to 8. Let me just read quickly. And he rose and did eat. Um, sorry. From verse, from verse 6, yeah. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of the Lord. Praise Jesus. So there's so much to draw from this scripture. Um, but first of all, this was after Elijah had, you know, called down, called down fire from heaven and then killed the prophets of, of Baal. And then um, next thing, Jezebel threatened him and he began to run. And he then said, um, so he got to a point and he slept under a tree. He slept under a tree and the angel of God, angel of the Lord brought, brought food for him and said he should eat. He ate the first time and then he went back to sleep. And verse 7 says that the angel came to tell him again, and came back to, him, to wake him up again and said, see, you need to eat again because... The journey is too great. All right. And there are some things, that, there are just a few things I want to point out from here. 
and I want to draw a parallel to the bread of life that um, G- um, Jesus Christ revealed of himself. When, when, when Elijah was going to go on a great journey, the Bible says that the angel woke him up again and said, hey, you need to eat a second time because this journey is great. Now, there are times in life where, there are times in life where, how do I put it now? The journey is just great, basically. What God is, the journey God is taking you on, the journey of faith, the journey of your work with God can be a great journey. And I want to, I want to point something here that it is say the journey is far, but it says the journey is great. Meaning that the journey is not, is not necessarily tedious because of the distance, but rather because of the impact and the, and the demand that the journey will make on you. Because of that demand, you need to eat. And so the angel was telling um, um, Elijah in essence that the journey about embarking on is going to place a lot of demand on you. You need to eat food. And <coughs> Elijah was, sorry, Elijah, the angel could have um, could have sent, I mean, God could have sent Elijah to somebody to give him physical food. But no, God sent an angel to bring um, food from heaven so that Elijah would eat. Remember, Jesus said that I am the bread from heaven, okay, that came down from heaven. This is the real bread. And so God sent an angel to bring a bread, to bring food from heaven so that Elijah would eat because the journey he was about to embark on was going to place a lot of demand on him. And so God said, if this guy doesn't eat of spiritual food, <clears throat> he's really going to break down. So we need to give him spiritual food to eat. Now, what does this spiritual food mean for us as believers? Um, and in this day and time, how, how does it relate to us practically? When we are faced with certain experiences that seem so great and seem to place so much demand on us, when we are placed with, um, uh, when we are about to embark on a journey or we are on a journey of faith that seems to place so much demand and seems to drain us so much, what does this um what does this bread mean for us? All right. So to answer that question, let's go back to, to, to the New Testament, the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. So someone should please read for us. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Um, please just stay with me. I will be quick. Um, I will wrap up soon. But I just want to show us what this bread means for us. Um, remember, I'm talking about sustenance, okay? So Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Someone should please read for us quickly. Anyone there? Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 4. Matthew 4, 1 to 4. Yes, please go ahead. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted dead by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Wow, thank you so much. What translation is that, please? Sorry? NLT. NLT, okay, great. Awesome. So I like the way NLT puts verse 4. It says, people do not live by bread alone, 
what Jesus was telling the devil in essence is that you, you want me to turn this stone to bread because you assume that if I do not eat, uh, my life will cease, all right? And uh, you assume that I'm so hungry that if I don't eat right now, that's the end of, of me. But Jesus Christ said to the devil, you, what you forget is that people don't actually live by bread alone. That means their life is not sustained by bread alone. Their life is not kept by bread alone. Rather, their lives are kept by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, um, Jesus here was actually quoting a, a scripture from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, you're going to see it there, where Moses told, it, told the Israelites that um, God gave you manna. Let, I, I, let me just read that quickly because I really want to bring out something. Don't forget our life, our life um, is sustained by the word of God. In essence, that's what Jesus was saying. So when, when, when Elijah ate the bread and he could go on that journey for, for 40 days, right? Up until he got to the Mount of the Lord. What does that bread now translate to us? Um, what does that bread translate to for us in this day and time? So Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, I will just read that quickly. Um, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which um, which he did not know, neither did your father know, that he might make you know that man does not, does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. So Moses was basically telling the Israelites that the reason why God gave you guys manna was not necessarily because you um, you were hungry and he wanted to feed you. Yes, you got fed, you got satisfied. But beyond that, God was trying to, <coughs> God was trying to tell you guys that Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Meaning that when a man goes through life, what sustains him through life is not just what he eats, but what sustains him is the word that God speaks to him. So what that bread, uh, what that bread means that Elijah ate, to us, it means the word of God. Meaning that when God wants to take you on a journey of faith, that is going to place a demand for, on your life, what God does is that he gives you a word and that word becomes your sustenance because when you go through that experience of faith, without that word from God, you probably lose, lose hope and give up. And so what God does is he now gives you, um, he gives you a word that, that feeds your spirit. And so you are now like Jesus that says man does not live on bread, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And have you ever been through an experience that is the only thing that kept you in that experience was what God said to you. The only thing that held, that kept you sane, that kept you hopeful, that kept you intact all through that experience was what God spoke to you. That is you partaking of the bread of life, right? And just Christ said, if you eat of this bread, you will not, your, your, father, um, your, your father's died in the wilderness, but if you eat of this bread, you will not die. Meaning that even though these people ate manna in the wilderness, yet, the demands of the wilderness and everything that happened, they could not go through, they could not go through that experience. Um, uh, and they died in the wilderness. But just Christ says, when you eat of this bread of life, right, there's no nothing you go through that that would weigh you down because that bread is is um, what it means to us now is the word of God. And I want I really want to emphasize this um, um tonight that every experience you go through, right, God already has a word for it. 
And most times what God does is that he gives you the word ahead of time so that when you go through the experience, you are sustained in that experience by reason of what God has said to you, right? It's just like what Paul says um, when he said, I know who, who I serve and I know who, who I, what, that, what I've entrusted to him that is able to keep it. Meaning there's something that Paul knew about God that God had revealed to him. That regardless of the prison change, regardless of whatever he was going through, um, he could still go through it knowing that God had spoken a word unto him. All right? So that word for us now represents the word of God. So it is the word of God that sustains us. I mean, the bread, rather, here represents the word of God. It's the word of God that sustains us. And not just any word, um, not just a random place in scripture, but the word that God has spoken to you personally, the word that God has spoken to you directly. It is that word that um, sustains you. Praise Jesus. All right, I hope I explained this clear enough. Um, I'm sort of rushing because of time. Um, one more thing, you know what? No, let, let's just end here. So let's end here tonight. But don't forget, in summary, yeah, two things that the bread bread um, does for us, or two things food does for us. Number one, it gives us satisfaction. And we establish that satisfaction can only come from knowing Jesus Christ, all right? Then number two is that it gives us sustenance. Sustenance comes from the, um, the encounter God gives us with his word. Um, of course, we know that Jesus is the word of God. And um, the Bible lets us know in the statement of Jesus that man does not live by bread alone. Meaning man is not sustained by, by bread alone, but he's sustained by every word that proceeds from the word of God. Meaning that what, do, what bread does to your, to your physical body is what the word of God does to your spirit. And um, you are actually sustained, not just by eating physical food, but by receiving a word from God. It sustains you through your experiences in life. Praise God. All right. So I felt I rushed this, but um, I hope we got one or two things. So quickly, we'll just um, time for questions if you have. If you have a question you want to ask, you can go ahead. Um, or if you want to make a contribution. So before we even, before anyone shares, um, should be you, we're trying to make, you were trying to say something earlier on and we lost you. If you were, if you want to go back to it, you can please feel free. Um, explaining what bread of life meant here. If you are there, should be, you can go on. Oh, okay. Not sure you're there. Um, all right, so over to us. Anyone with a question or wants to make a, a contribution or share something you learned today before we move on? We have um, two minutes. Anyone, anyone? Should I call us at random? Okay, Jesu Femi. Do you want to share with us what you've learned today, please? Just one thing you learned today um, and you're living with and how you're applying it in your own life here. Yeah. Um, just Femi, are you there? Okay, just Femi is not there. Um, Joy, do you want to go next? Do you want to share with us one thing you learned today and how you're applying it in your life? 
Okay, um, so I learned so much today, but one very um, interesting thing I learned about the bread of life is the sustaining power or the sustaining effect of, of the bread of life. And so in application to my personal life, I would um, always go back to the word God has given me for every season, especially when it seems like um, I'm growing weary in waiting or hoping or believing. So that sustaining effect or the sustaining power of that word is what I should be um, feeding off or is what should keep me in that season. If God has really spoken that word concerning a particular thing or anything at all. So that's um, trying to draw from the sustaining power of the bread of life, of the word of God. So Yes, basically, I learned that the word that God gave you is not just to satisfy you or to excite you or to um, make you happy. It's also to sustain you throughout the process of, of waiting or throughout the process of believing God for a particular thing. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joy. That's, um, that's powerful. Thank you so much for that sharing. Um, all right. Someone else wants to share with us, one thing you learned today and then how you're applying it in your life, or how you're applying it this week. Anyone? Anyone, anyone? Uh, Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, just for me, I can hear you, yeah. Yeah, uh, good day, everyone. Um, actually, this is my first time of joining search. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And from the little, because I joined late, so from the little I got, from the little I could understand is um, from the two key points he said. He said um, sustainers and uh, and uh, the other one is um, the source or how we like it. So, but the part I feel confident about is that, remember you said there's a word that comes to us, it, it, like, it tends to like give us this word of confidence while going through some some things you know so kind of that is quite uncomfortable to know that okay you're going through this and there's a word of life after you walk through this know that you're going to be triumphant at the end of everything so, awesome. so that's yeah thank you thanks so much just maybe um quick one here who invited you um until come again Auntie Lizzie, Auntie Elizabeth, please. Elizabeth, okay. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm not serious. <laughs> all right, so I'm guessing that's good that I invited you. Um, all right, uh, can we take one more before we go in 30 seconds? Anyone wants to share something? 30 seconds, what you learned today. Just one more person. 30 seconds before mm. we go. Okay, there are yeah, go ahead. Okay, from the satisfaction, okay. okay. Satisfaction side of it, I learned that um satisfaction actually um in Jesus actually comes um, at salvation actually, but it grows as we keep from going our uh, walk with God. And that satisfaction is actually going through our encounters with Jesus and knowing him more. Um, and knowing for me is actually developing that intimacy 
um, Yada Fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dara. Um, I like what I like what you what you said and how you you extended it. So not just that you are a Christian, right? But active fellowship, yeah. Active fellowship brings us satisfaction. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, that's the end for today. Uh, today's Bible study. So next week we are going to look at. Um, next week we're going to look at. Hold on. We're going to look at the light of the world. Just give me a minute. Where did I put this down? Next week we are looking at. Um, yes, Jesus being the light of the world. Jesus being the light of the world. So I'm going to try um, as much as possible to send the scriptures ahead of time so that we can all study it. And when we come, we share what we studied or what we learned before you know I, I share. So I think that's where we're going to we're going to have next week's Bible study. So thank you again for joining us today. God bless you, and God continue to be your satisfaction and your sustenance. All right. So please, if you have any question at any point, feel free to um, drop it in the WhatsApp group. And if you're not in the group, please feel free to feel free to join um, our WhatsApp group. The group link is I'm sending it right now to to the to the chat. Um, join to join the WhatsApp group. That's the link. Sorry, to join. To join the group, yeah. Okay, so that's oops, that's a, yeah, that's the link. So please join the group, and I'll I'll post the remaining details in the in the WhatsApp group. So again, thank you everyone for your time. God bless you all. See you next week, same time, same link, and God bless you. All right, bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm.